Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JTMS Podcast. This is episode 56, dedicated to one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, Mr. Quentin Nelson. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we talk a little bit about the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, another World Series champion, gets caught cheating. Of course, we got to get our picks off for the weekend. But first, Colin Cowherd recently made some comments about why Tom Brady should be an Indianapolis Colt. And it got me thinking, does this make any sense at all? Colin Cowherd had this to say about Tom Brady potentially being an Indianapolis Colt. Quote, think of what they have for Tom Brady. When Peyton Manning was a free agent and he was old and he'd been banged up, where did he go? To a team that had weapons and an offensive line and a structure he trusted. What do the Colts have? Maybe the best young general manager in the sport, Chris Ballard. What do they also have? A really good head coach, respected, played in the league. What do they also have? A top three offensive line, who by next year, in my opinion, as the Cowboys line ages, will have the best offensive line. Tom won't get hit. What do they also have? A deep threat, T.Y. Hilton. What do they also have? About 28 tight ends. They've got nothing but tight ends. Tom loves the tight end. What do they also have? They play indoors. What do they also have? A crappy, winnable division with teams you can't trust. Houston and Tennessee that Tom has owned. I'm just saying, the Colts. And what do they also have? A team that would drive Belichick nuts. Everything is lined up, end quote. Yes, he makes some good points. The Colts' old line is good. We'll be even better next year with another year under their belt, and they'll be able to read and react and get better together. Chris Ballard, really good young GM. Frank Reich, an up-and-coming head coach. T.Y. Hilton is great. But he's not always on the field. He's one of those wide receivers that's always hurt. And if you watch year after year after year, and if you pay attention to wide receiver positions or or the Colts or things like that, you'll find out T.Y. Hilton is hurt quite a bit. What did he not mention? The Colts' young defense. It's not a defense like the Broncos when you're comparing him to Peyton Manning and his situation. One, no one knew of Peyton Manning would throw the ball again. So him going to Denver, what he did was a miracle, literally a miracle. But that defense in Denver was already good before Peyton got there. What did Peyton have? Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Eric Decker. He had vets right there in the wide receiver group and a really good young tight end. Peyton Manning. Well, Eric Ebron's gone. Uh, excuse me, for the Colts. Eric Ebron's gone. You got Jack Doyle and Moali Cox. Is that going to turn heads? Is that going to draw uh, quarterbacks, really good quarterbacks, to Indianapolis? I don't think so. You got T.Y. Hilton, and who else on the outside? Devin Funches, he got hurt. I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Oh, oh, what about Tom Brady? Oh, no, no. You, oh, we, what we saw from Tom in that playoff game, that was just, that was a fluke. That was rare. You can say whatever you want about those guys that was on the Colts, Jay. But but Tom Brady, he'll come in and fix everything. That TB12 method, it works. Oh, does it? Well, let's do a blind quarterback comparison, quarterback stack comparison. I have not done this in a long time, three to four months. Quarterback A, quarterback B. These are stats from this season. We're going to compare two guys and see how they stack up. Quarterback A, 88 passer rating. 52.5 quarterback rating, 60.8 completion percentage. These are stats from this season. 3-1 to touchdown and interception ratio, 24 touchdowns, 8 INTs. Quarterback B, 88.0 passer rating. Interesting. 
they're the same. 52.1 QBR, 60.9 completion percentage, basically the same. 3-1 to touchdown interception ratio, 18 touchdowns, 6 INTs. Quarterback A, Tom Brady. Quarterback B, the current quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, who no one believes in, none of the Colts fans believe, and people around the league believe that he is the man for the job, Jacoby Brissett. Oh, that's one season, Jay. Tom will bounce back. His TB12 method is good. Hey, man, look, he's 42 years old. If you play pickup basketball, do you go to the 42-year-old man first? No, you don't. If you want to run the court all day, if you if you know you want to get there at 9 a.m. and you're not leaving until 5 p.m., you're going to stop for a little a little break to get some food and then hop right back at it. Do you go for the old guy pick number one? Oh, no, no, no. You want a young guy, somebody, somebody with a fresh leg. You want somebody that can get up and down the court and, and, and the longevity of playing all, basketball all day will not get to him. What happens as you get older? You don't recover like you used to. What happens as, as you get older? You move slower. You, you're not as mobile as you used to. What happens when you get older? Your brain don't work like it used to. These are all things that are factoring into Tom Brady. Oh, this Tom Brady decline, these stats, th th it's not just this season. He has been on the decline for quite a while. 2016, his passer rating, 112.2. 2017, 102.8. 2018, 97.7. This year, 80. 88.0. If he stays on this trajectory, next year he'll be at 80.0. 2021, be in the 70s. 2022, potentially be in the 60s. Not Tom Brady-esque, not Tom Brady-like, but he keeps declining and he keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Father Tom saying, son, it's time to sit down, but Tom don't want to. I don't like doing business with the enemy. I don't. And to me, the Patriots have always been that team that you don't do business with. Oh, we brought it. The Colts brought in De Deion Branch under Grixon. He wasn't good at his job. Brought in the guy that didn't last here very long. Oh, oh, we got another guy. Chris Ballard. How did that work out? Oh, okay, cool. You trade for Jacoby Brissett. You, you, you send a bad draft pick and Philip, and Philip Dorsett to the Patriots for Jacoby Brissett, a, third, a backup, a third-string quarterback. How'd that work out? Not that well. Oh, you need a backup quarterback? Let's get a forward Patriot. It hadn't worked out for, for us yet, but it may work out for us now. Brian Hoyer, how'd that work out? It didn't work out. Oh, 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 I got one more for you. How about Josh McDaniels? You all remember the story. Josh McDaniels is the head coach of the Colts, but then he's not. It was a disaster, a dumpster fire. He left. He came and just said, no, nah, I don't want this job. And then he left. He never had it solidified. No, no, no. So many situations over and over and over again. You do business with the enemy. This is what happens. Over my whole life, the Patriots put me out of the playoffs. The Patriots put, the, put my team out of the playoffs. Beat me in the regular season. Beat me in the playoffs. Beat me in the regular season. Beat me in the playoffs. We are not doing business with them. We have a track, track record of trying to, and it never works out. Let's not do it now. Oh, Tom may be a free agent. He will be a free agent at that time. I don't care. To me, he's still the enemy, and I don't do business with the enemy. Colts, I'm not the general manager, but I sure hope you don't do business with him either. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Dallas. Dallas, Texas. Because Jerry Jones has found the new head coach, the ninth head, co the ninth head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, America's team. Has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? I'm sure that's what Jerry Jones says to himself every time he hears somebody say America's team. Ah, America's team. 
Jerry. I don't know if Jerry put that together and had uh, the fans in a National Football League call the Cowboys America's team, but it sticks. It works. Things are going to be reported about the Cowboys. They don't get reported about any other team. Why? Because they're America's team. Ah, America's team. And with America's team, they do things different. Not just on the field, but also off the field as well. Jerry Jones, last season, at the end of last season, a lot of people thought that Jerry Jones was going to fire Jason Garrett. Myself, I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to fire him prior to that. But, you know, when the rubber meets the road and it's time to make a decision, I thought that decision was that last year. Jason Garrett, Jerry Jones, going their separate ways. Nope, not the case. Jason Garrett got to live to see another day as the head man of the football team of the team in Dallas called America's team. Don't have to call them Cowboys anymore. When they're America's team, you know exactly what their team name is. This season was awkward, was different for, no, not different, wasn't the norm, this has become the norm, uh, a lot of talent, not producing wins. This season, though, this season, something happened. It was the Bills, Thanksgiving Day, I know when I was, pre- was prepping for the podcast, I start wondering and thinking, well, who in the world, who are the Cowboys going to lose to? And I thought for sure, Thanksgiving Day, Cowboys are at home, uh, this day is reserved for them, they always have the home slot. I thought for sure the Cowboys were going to win. Josh Allen, the Bills, those players up there in Buffalo, they had other things in mind. The Cowboys lost. I had a loss in my, on my, uh, in my record for, picking my, for making my picks this season, and I was not very happy about it. Neither was Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones and I thought Jerry was going to end up saying, oh, okay, this is the time to cut that in biblical court. Jason, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You're not the guy here anymore. You got to go. But no, that's not Jerry's way. That's not what Jerry wanted to do. Jerry said, okay, cool, we're going to keep him. And he kept him, kept him through the end of the season. At the end of the season, Jason and Jerry had their end of the season meeting, meeting with the players like they do every single season. So once again, to Jason Garrett, this is just protocol, baby. This is what we do here in Dallas. At the end of the season, me and Jerry got to meet with the players, uh, have our end of the me- end of the season, end of the year meeting uh, before we go off and part our ways up until it's time for OTAs. Jason Garrett still thought he had a shot of being his job, and even during this time period, the very next day, Jason and Jerry, what did they do? They had a meeting about Jason's role, potential role next season with the team. Well, they had the meeting. Uh, they left, parted ways. Uh, Jason Garrett still, in his eyes, still had the job. Eventually, there was a report, I think it was a couple days later, via Ed Werder of ESPN that said, the Cowboys and Jason Garrett are, are parting ways. They're no longer going to be the coach. He's no, longer, he's, he's no longer going to be the coach of the Cowboys. Well, the report came out, but somehow that did not get back to Jason Garrett. Uh, it, that did not register in his mind because he was still reporting to work. I'd never heard a man that, that had a meeting with his boss about him not having the job anymore, him being fired. And, well, Jason Garrett um, or that person still showing up to work like normal. If I have a job and I have a key and I have a key to that job, well, what is my boss going to do if they fire me? Take the key from me so I can no longer have access to the building. Well, Jerry Jones, um, a little different for Jerry. He let Jason keep that key, and Jason still went to his, still went to his office, still went to the building, and went to work like normal. Oh, excuse me, if I have an office and if I have a key, I'm also saying, hey, you're no longer welcome here. I'm taking your key from you, and I am taking, and I need you to clean out your entire office before you leave today. Okay, cool. I'm cool with that. 
Makes sense. Jason Garrett, that's not the case. That's not the way that he thought things were going to go. He still kept coming to work, still trying to work, still trying to get the get the team better and to plan for the next season, the offseason, the draft, things of that nature. Weird, isn't it? Very, very weird. Oh, you know what ended up happening? Um, well, there was a guy named Marvin Lewis came down there. When Jason Garrett still thinks he has a job, the guy named Marvin Lewis came down there for an interview. What wasn't reported was that Marvin Lewis, his interview went into another day. So people thought there was some mistreatment with Mike McCarthy's interview process and Marvin Lewis's interview process. Well, Marvin Lewis's interview trickled into another day. He stayed overnight there in Dallas. What about Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy, well, contrary to the report, did not have a sleepover with Jerry Jones. Yes, that's reported. That's out there. Why is that reported? Because this is America's team. With America's team, things get reported a little bit differently. The reason why Mike McCarthy's interview went into a second day was because his first meeting took 12 hours and it lasted well past midnight. Well, well past midnight, you're not going to hop on a flight unless you really have to to go back home. So what did Mike McCarthy do? He stayed in the hotel uh, in Frisco, Texas. Makes sense, right? Makes sense to go ahead and stay there when you're still trying to find a job and still trying to get a job, still trying to get in a profession that you love, believing what that, what that is, uh, being a head football coach. Mike McCarthy, during his interview, blew the socks off. Not just Jerry Jones, but Stephen Jones and the other people that were in the room. Mike McCarthy blew the socks off. Just won the whole room over. I mean, he laid out his plan, laid out his offensive plan, his defensive plan, laid out the guy that he believed that he wanted for his coaching staff, had everything mapped out, and Jerry Jones said, yes, you're my guy. You're exactly my guy. And I think one thing to help Mike McCarthy in this situation, in his year away from football, what did he do? He studied the game. He studied analytics, and he figured out what was going on uh, with the new, with the new age and how football was changing, it says, "Hey, these are the things that I have to implement with my team, offensively and defensively. I can't keep being the guy that's being labeled as what's holding my quarterback back or what's holding the my running back back my running back back from developing. So I have to change. As times come on, as times keep going, as times evolve, players." Coaches have to evolve. That goes for owners as well. General managers, everyone has to evolve, not just in sports, but in life as well. If you don't evolve, if you stay stagnant, things aren't. Things end up uh, being uh, out of whack and things are not consistent in your life. So Mike McCarthy, I'm sure all this stuff came out, all this stuff that happened, and his year away from, and his year away from football, a year away from the profession that he loves, all this stuff started to come, back, come, come out to Jerry. Jerry's like, ooh, man. I like that. Ooh, ooh. Hey, hey, Steven, write that down. My hand hurt a little bit. I'm putting too many notes down. Hey, Steven, write this down for me. Write that down. Ooh, man, I like that. Uh, I, I, hold on. I need to get my phone out to record this. This is too good out to record. And Jerry gets his phone out to record it. Now I'm just making this up. But you, you get the gist. Mike McCarthy blew the socks off. Literally what was reported. Blew the socks off during his interview. A two-day interview for Mike McCarthy wasn't planned, but it happened. A two-day interview for, Mar for Marvin Lewis wasn't planned, for it happened. But you know what? That was Friday and a Saturday, the end of Mike McCarthy's interview. Jer Jason Garrett still thinks he has a job. Hello, Jason. There are two guys that are here trying to get your job. I don't know why you still think you have a job. It reported on Saturday, on Sunday during a football game. I forget which one it was. That Jason Garrett was fired. <laughs> they had finally told that man, you're no longer welcome here. You are gone. I think what actually happened, 
they were actually looking for the right guy. And Jerry Jones in the back of his head, was, he was thinking and saying, if I don't find the right guy, I'm just going to keep Jason. I'm just going to keep him. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But the Garrett family and Jerry Jones, it's different. Jerry Jones has owned the Cowboys for 30 years. For all but two of those years, Jerry Jones has wrote a check with the last name Garrett on it. Many people don't realize this and don't think about it, but Jason Garrett's dad was a member of the Dallas, Cow Dallas Cowboys from 1987 to 2004, and he started as a scout, 05, 06. There was no Garrett a part of the organization at all. 07, the Dallas Cowboys hired Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator, and he has been a member of the team ever since up until this past weekend. So now it puts more light and puts more emphasis on the reason why Jason Garrett was still trying to keep the job, trying to stay a part of the organization. It's what he knew when he was a kid, and it's what he knows as, as an adult in his profession. He has been a part of the Cowboys for so long, he doesn't want to leave because he's comfortable there. One of my buddies told me, people don't leave jobs are comfortable at. They don't. If you're comfortable at a job, if you can, you can complain about your job over and over and over again, if you're comfortable, you feel like there's no reason to leave. You feel like, well, uh, I can come in, get my job done, people leave me alone, and I'll leave. Jason Garrett's job, well, I can come in, coach a little bit, look a little awkward, not really know what I'm doing, uh, not win no divisions, uh, not really get past the first round of the first round of the playoffs, and I'm good. I'm good. I'm keeping my job. Jason Garrett got comfortable. And I think he got too comfortable to the point that, well, Jerry Jones uh let that leash keep keep getting longer and longer and longer. And longer to the tune that Jason Garrett was like, hey, man, I understand what you're saying, Jerry, but uh, I got a cushy job here. I'm not very successful, but for some reason, you keep me along. I'm not going to leave. And he kept pushing Jerry's buttons to have Jerry to say, hey, Jerry, keep me here. Keep me here. You know, those family ties. And trust me, if you know a guy for a very, very long time, as, J as Jason does, Jerry, you know how to push those buttons. You know exactly how to push those buttons to get him to say yes or to get him to be on your side. I get it. It happens. It happens all over the place, not just in sports but in life. But with this new hire with the Cowboys, America's team, ah, Mike McCarthy, if, what's, if what he says is true and this year away from football happens to be a very good thing for him in his profession, similar to Andy Reid going from Philadelphia to Kansas City a year away from football, if this works out like when people believe it will, it'll work in Mike McCarthy's favor. I almost said Jerry Jones again or Jason Garrett. I'm getting my, get so many J's, so many J's. I'm forgetting I got to go MM right now. Mike McCarthy to the Cowboys could be exactly what Jerry wanted. A head coach, a head coach with NFL experience. This one actually happens to have a Super Bowl win under his belt to come in, fix things that are broken, uh, mend things that are that are fractured, and put this team back on the trajectory that Jerry wants it to be. Doom, doom, doom. Another one bites the dust. Doom, doom, doom. Another one bites the dust. Yes, another Major League Baseball team just got got. The 2017 Astros got caught cheating. The 2018 Red Sox are the latest team to get 
caught cheating. This offseason for baseball has been interesting. I'm thinking baseball offseason, no bad news, no one's going crazy, uh, no steroid talk, none of that stuff, no juice balls, um, not, nothing. None of that talk now. Let's just get through the offseason and then just get to spring training without any negative news coming out of baseball. That has not been the case. We have had well, the 2017 Astros cheating situation. We've talked about that. We have had uh, the potential of Major League Baseball cutting ties with minor leagues, with minor league baseball, which what people, most people don't understand with that, that's the financial backing to develop players that Major League Baseball provides to the minor leagues that's going to be gone, obsolete, bye-bye, see you later, sayonara. It's out of here. Huge. So imagine, especially imagine if you're doing home improvements on your home and the person has planned and you've been planning this for a long time. This has been a nine to 12 month plan of you trying to figure out the right way to plan to to uh, improve your home and rearrange things in your home, order new cabinets, uh, uh, renovate certain rooms, things of that nature. And then all of a sudden. At the last minute, right before things about to be, uh, go down, you're about to uh, finally uh, hire somebody to make the improvements in your home that, that you would like to be made. The person that's paying for it, because it's not she, someone tells you they're going to pay for it way before you even decide what you want to get, how much it's going to cost. All of a sudden, they say, well, um, you took too long. I'm going to take, take my money somewhere else. That's basically what's going on with baseball. But with baseball, this isn't like they've been doing home improvements for years and years and years and years and years. And their home improvements, they're needed. Their home improvements is a part of their game. Their home improvements is things that without them, baseball would not be the same. But baseball saying, hey, we may cut ties with minor league baseball as a whole. I'm not a fan of it, but it's what's being talked about. And then now the 2018 Boston Red Sox get caught cheating if i'm trying to rank them you know people want to rank oh who's worse the red sox cheating or the astros cheating it's easily it's not no no it's a no-brainer easily the astros cheating is worse than what the red sox did solely because the astros were able to cheat in the postseason the red sox were not i'll explain what the red sox did and then you'll realize why the red sox were not able to cheat in the postseason in 2014 major league baseball introduced Video replay rooms in ballparks. Every ballpark has them. And and um in Fenway Park, the video replay room for the dugouts is not that. I mean, uh, for the Red Sox, is not that far from the dugout. It's a quick walk, easy walk from run room from the video replay room to the dugout. What the what the Red Sox were doing, which is kind of it's very very similar to what the Astros did. They were stealing sides via a video camera. They would have a camera zoomed in on the uh, on the crotch of uh, the catcher. Then um, they would figure out what the sequence of pattern is. What what sequence was a fastball, off speed pitch, um, things of that nature. Figuring out his his uh, pitching pattern uh, sequence his sequence so that when he relays a message to the pitcher. The, the players can realize and figure out, okay, cool, this sequence is that pitch, this sequence is that pitch, this sequence and that pitch, and so on and so forth. Well, what that person did, the, the, the player that was going from the video replay room to the dugout, he would relay that message, what the sequence is, 
to the entire team on the bench. You can say, Jay, they can watch film. They can watch film and figure that out themselves. That's correct. But what the Red Sox wanted to do, they wanted to be ahead of the times. They wanted to be ahead of the game. So instead of just watching film and if a pitcher, uh, uh, pitcher and catcher change their sequence on the fly during the game, the team wanted to be up to par, up to snuff, and know what was going on live, not be delayed, and always have the upper hand. That player that went from the video replay room to the dugout. Once he re relayed that message to the other to his teammates, his teammates knew once they got on base that if they when they focus in on the catcher, the the catcher did this sequence, they could relay that pitch what the pitch was going to be to the batter. So this only worked when they were on base, but it still worked to perfection to the tune of 108 wins, uh, a 108 and 54 record in 2018. That that dropped off significantly to I believe 84 wins in 2019. But still, so while they're on base, the base runner of the Red Sox would be able to would would look at the crotch of the catcher. The catcher does a sequence. Oh, fastball. So it's now the runner's turn to decide what he was going to do to tell his batter what the pitch was going to be. May it be two feet uh, two feet on first base and then lead off with, with the right foot? That could be a pitch. Or uh, looking out to center field a certain time before the pitch, that could, that could tip off and tell the batter what the pitch was going to be. Or it's uh, two feet on first base and then uh, you're looking, you're, you're, you're stepping off first base with your left foot. Things of that nature. Or if you're on second base, same thing. Your pattern of what uh, the way they stepped off first base or they had certain subtle moves that they would do that was tipped off and showed the batter what the pitch was going to be. Didn't always work very well when you're on third base, when you can't really see you got a you got a right-handed batter and you're on third base, you can't see what the catcher is doing there, but you get the gist. It's a great idea. Seriously, I'm not going to be like I'm not going to be upset with upset about the the idea at all. It's a really really good idea. The idea that a team can figure out a way to have an upper hand stealing signs using technology and you don't think you're going to get caught. Not at all. The one common denominator between the 2017 Astros and the 2018 Red Sox is Alex Cora. Alex Cora with the Astros was a bench coach. He, after they won the World Series, he got promoted to manager. He got a job being the manager of the Boston Red Sox, where he is still the manager to this day. Interesting, don't you think? Normally, when there's stuff like this going on, there's a common denominator. There's a guy there that's uh, in the center of it all. Now, it's interesting, very interesting, that this individual, uh, Alex Cora, went from one team to the other in back-to-back -back years. They won the World Series. You think, okay, first-year manager, 108 wins. Oh, wow, man, that's amazing. Yeah, good for you. You get a hand clap, sir. Yes, you get a hand clap. Okay, cool. And then people start talking, lifting his name up about what great of a manager he is and all this stuff that's uh, centered around him. Little do they know is that part of the way reason that his teams are getting an upper hand is because he is orchestrating, possibly orchestrating what's going on and how they're able to get uh, be better at batter, be better batters, things of that nature. Oh, I, did, I forgot to tell you. One reason why the Red Sox were not able to steal signs in the postseason was because during the postseason, contrary to the regular season, Major League Baseball had a league official in the video replay room during every postseason game. So imagine a postseason game where a player is going from the dugout to the video replay room constantly, constantly, constantly. 
Um, that league official is going to say, okay, sir, what are you doing? Uh, help me out here. What exactly are you doing that you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth so much? I need an explanation, and I need it now. No, no, they weren't, they weren't able to do it. However, with the, with the, uh, with the Astros, that video camera was still in center field, relayed to a, a relayed uh, live feed to a uh, hallway uh, between the clubhouse and the dugout, and they're still banging that trash can. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, bang the trash can to figure out what pitch was going to be pitched next. This first situation with Major League Baseball in 2018, Joe Torre putting this statement out about this very thing, quote, to be clear, the use of any equipment in the clubhouse or in a club's replayer video rooms to decode an opposing club's signing opposing club signs during the game violates this regulation. Major League Baseball has made numerous strides and numerous statements about this very thing. Yes, they understand the generic or the old school way of stealing signs. That's not going to go anywhere. That's always going to be a part of baseball. But the use of technology, the use of having an upper hand um, via stealing signs from your opponent, Major League Baseball wants nothing to do with it, wants it out of the game. But for some reason, these teams keep finding newer ways, finding ways to have technology be on their side. Like I said with the Astros, I'm going to say something very, very quickly and very, very direct. I would not be surprised if there's another team out there or if more teams out there get caught cheating. With the use of technology, with the use of people snitching on people, um, the way, the reason why Ken Rosenthal and Eric and Evan Drellich of The Athletic got this tip, or they there were three players that were part of the Boston Red Sox team at that time that ended up coming forward and at one being investigated, told on the team. So I would not be surprised if this comes up again at a later date and says, hey, uh, uh, another team, uh, this team, uh, that team, this team, that team. I would not be surprised. There's always somebody cheating and there's always somebody out there trying to get the upper hand by any means necessary. Before we get to our picks, I'd like to play a voice message that was left by a man that goes by the name Mr. Top News. He hosts the Mr. Top News podcast. He listened to one of our best of 2019 episodes, part number one, talking about Kyrie Irving, Andrew Luck, and Antonio Brown. Uh, I want to play that for you real quick. You, just like Mr. Top News, can leave a voice message via the Anchor app. All you have to do is download the Anchor app, start an account, find the Jay Stevens podcast, and you can leave up to a 60-second voice message that can be played on this show. It's not a one-time thing. You can leave as many voice messages as you would like. It's a fun way to communicate, and it's free. We all love free things in life. Let's take a few moments to listen to what Mr. Top News has to say. Hey, what's up, Jay, man? I got to tell you, I love episode 50, uh, 52 there. Um, I got to agree with you, man. AB is a headache, man. Word up. I'm not sure who would like, want to like, take that responsibility on. As I understand it, as of today, the Saints just gave Waterman for a tryout or whatever have you, and who knows how that works. When you get around other professional athletes and things like that that, that are in a situation where they're trying to take care of their family, and you bring a guy in like that that's just a headache, I don't know about that. As far as Andrew Luck, you got to take your hat off to him, man. I think he did what was best for his family. So we can't be mad about that. As a fan, we all like to be selfish and like, that's us. That's my guy. That's my team. You know, we're looking to win. We had a a, a person in a position to win, and, and he you know he decided to hang it up. So you got kudos to that also. And last but not least, killer Kyrie Irving. I tip my hat to him, man. I totally love his game. I love the way he approached the game. I love the way he plays the game. I just wish he, like, you know, become like a little bit more of like a better teammate in terms of throwing people under the bus. With that being said, I loved your show, 52. I'll talk to you soon. 
you, just like the man that goes by Mr. Top News, can leave a voice message as well. Just go to the Anchor app, download that thing, find the JC Wins Podcast, and you can leave a voice message that lasts up to 60 seconds, as many as you would like. Four picks for the weekend. I'll give you my pick for the National Championship, the College Football Playoff National Championship, coming up at the end of Monday's episode. I'll be talking about that game on Monday. On Saturday, we had the 49ers. I have the 49ers over the Vikings. I sure hope this week goes a lot better than the last one. One three in the playoffs. Uh, I don't want to start, don't want to go another, have another losing week this weekend. 49ers, 49ers over the Vikings. Uh, Ravens over the Titans on Saturday. On Sunday, the Chiefs over the Texans. Then the Seahawks over the Packers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the JC Wins Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore J25. Once again, that is at Dr. Underscore J-A-Y, the number two and the number five. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for new podcasts to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This has been episode 56 of the JT Was Podcast. I'll see you next time.